this. this is solving problems and starting new ones. A show that tries to be an incubator of great ideas and place to challenge popular wisdom. And today is our election day guide, otherwise known as the guide to the 2020 presidential race of 2020, where we'll cover the what states to watch and give some opinions and thoughts. And you'll get all this from a guy on the street perspective. But before we begin, hit the subscribe button, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to the, the blog cynicalmass.blogspot.com, and turn notifications on so you know when new episodes are out. If you don't, I will look for you, I will find you, and I'll kill you. All right, all right, let's hop into it. So, it's come down to this, the orange middle finger in a red hat versus a corpse. Proof that once again, God does indeed exist and has forsaken us. All right, break out the pen and paper and uh, let's get through this. What we're going to do is we're going to cover 15 states of interest. And as we go along, we'll make some predictions. And we're going to break these 15 states into four groups. Okay? Listen, it's going to be all right. Just relax. We'll get through this. So the states of interest are Michigan, Arizona, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina. That's group number one. Group number two, Nebraska and Maine. Group number three, Georgia, Ohio, Iowa, Texas. And the last group, Nevada, Minnesota, and New Hampshire. All the other states, unless something out of this world happens in the next few days, are considered safe for their own candidates. So, the last presidential election, Trump won 30 states and Hillary won 21. And that includes D.C. as they do get their own electoral votes, which would be uh, three. And last episode, we talked about the uh, electoral college process, so I don't need to cover that. So you should know that you only need 270 electoral votes to walk away with the election. I told you folks, every episode is connected. Anywho, if we take our 15 states, add them together, we get 208 unassigned electoral votes. And adding up the states that are a sure thing for each candidate, Biden starts with 209 electoral votes. So all he needs is to all he needs to do is pick up 61 of the 208. Trump, on the other hand, he starts off with only 121 electoral votes, which means he needs 149 out of the 208. Not looking good for the orange man in the red hat, which is why most news organizations have him losing the election. So let's hop into the first group. We'll call it the Big Six. That is Florida, Michigan, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. Uh, this, this is the first group you really want to pay attention to. Trump shocked everybody in 2016 by carrying all six states. Will he do it again? My prediction? No. My guess is he'll lose Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Both have been trending left or sometimes back to the left. And the only boost Trump might get if he is to walk away with these two states would probably be from the libertarian votes that might come his way. But I, honestly, I'm not really seeing it. Also, out of these six states, major news organizations like CNN predict Arizona and Michigan are going for Biden. I say this is wrong, because this show will always be better at everything than CNN. That's all I have to go on. Let's see who's better, their billions or my dollars. So Florida, Arizona, Michigan, North Carolina for Trump, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin for old Joe. That puts the corpse at 239 votes, 31 points away, and Trump is catching up from far behind with 192. That's 78 points to, to go. Okay, so our next group is two states, and we'll call that group the weird groups, or the weird states. Nebraska and Maine. They have a little different electoral setup. Nebraska has three congressional seats. 
and two senators, which gives them a total of five electoral votes. Maine has two congressional seats and two senators, which gives them four electoral votes. Same setup as the rest of the country. And we'll use Maine for our example. Picture Maine as North and South. Let's say Trump wins the North and Biden wins the South. Then both of them would get one electoral vote each. But the candidate with the most votes in the entire state would get the remaining two. Got it? So my prediction is Trump will win Nebraska but lose one district, one point, to Biden. And in Maine, Biden will win, but he'll lose one district to Trump. So in total, both states, uh, five points for Trump, four points for Biden. So that's 197 for the orange man, 243 for the dead man. On to the next group. We'll call it Biden's flip states. These are the states that Trump won in 2016, but Biden thinks he can flip. This is Georgia, Iowa, Ohio, and Texas. Georgia and Texas aren't going to flip, in my opinion, judging by the turnout from 2018 during the uh, midterms. Iowa also seems safe for Trump. But Ohio is a state that you want to watch if you want Trump to win or lose. If Biden flips one of these states, it's pretty much over. Unless, and this brings us to our final group, Trump's flip states. Nevada, New Hampshire, and Minnesota. These states were incredibly close in 2016, and in some cases he lost by a single percentage point, and the Trump campaign believes they have a chance to flip all of them. My prediction is Trump and Biden will flip nothing, and the states will go where they were last election. Though if I had to pick one state that would flip, I'd say probably New Hampshire for Trump. So that brings us to the final score. Sniffy Joe, including New Hampshire, has a grand total of 200 and 63 electoral votes. And our orange president in the red hat walks away with 275 electoral votes, ushering in a new civil war that will most likely take place on Twitter. So, with the electoral race being so close in this prediction, it made me ask myself, is there a way this could end in a tie? And the answer is, yep. Every prediction I made would have to be right, except if Iowa goes to Biden, it would end up 269 to 269, with nobody reaching 270 to win. And it could really happen. And it is the year 2020 where every stupid thing that could possibly happen has indeed happened. So, what happens if there's a tie? Well, it would go to the Democratic-controlled House to vote to break the tie. But, each state would only get one vote. In other words, Trump would win. So, keep a little extra attention on Iowa. So to simplify this whole thing, if Trump wins Ohio, Iowa, North Carolina, Arizona, Florida, which he most likely will, all he would need is one of the following, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, or Michigan. If Biden wins Pennsylvania and Florida, it's over. Go to bed early. My predictions say it's going to be pretty close, but let's go over a few more things to keep an eye on. Are libertarian voters going to grow in size like they have been, or are they going to stay home or vote for one of the two parties? I'm not really seeing any support for the libertarian candidate Joe Jordanson, like I saw for Gary Johnson in 2016. And the fact that people listening to this right now think Joe Jordanson's a guy is proof that she isn't getting any attention. I personally think there will be a little bit of boost to the Republican side, but for the most part, they're either staying home and basically just trying to avoid this garbage fire till 2024. Another prediction that's being floated around is what's likely to be called the Red Mirage, meaning Trump wins on Tuesday, then after the mail-in votes are counted throughout the week, Trump all of a sudden loses. That's the scenario any rational person wants to avoid. That's the one that's going to bring trouble and all the crazies onto the streets. 
Let's talk about extreme victories that both sides really want. An extreme Biden victory would be winning the presidency, the popular vote, the Senate, retaining the House, and the big prize is winning Texas. He wins Texas, that's pretty much the end of the Republican Party. They would never win the presidency again, that's for sure, and it would be all downhill from there for the good old party. And people are predicting this as a possibility. So keep an eye on Texas. However, an extreme Trump victory would be winning the presidency, retaining the House, regaining, I mean, sorry, retaining the Senate, regaining the House, winning the popular vote, which would be a big prize for him. But the biggest prize would be 20% of the black vote. Republicans usually get around 8 to 10%. If Republicans get 20%, they win everything. They win the presidency, the popular vote, the Senate, the House, everything. And that would pretty much be the, the beginning of the end for the Democratic Party. And I look at the polls that do anonymous polling because there are a lot of people out there who aren't going to tell the truth to some dude with a clipboard on the street. People know supporting Trump can turn ugly, so most people will lie and go with a safe answer. But if people feel they have more privacy when answering questions, they're going to be more truthful. And going by anonymous polling data, it looks like Trump, despite being called a white supremacist on a daily basis, is at 18%. So it's something interesting to look at. So is the end near for either party? We'll find out the first Tuesday in November, or probably a few days later. Let's cover one last thing of interest. Think of Trump or Biden's extreme victories as a gauge. And now, I want you to think back to Howard Dean. You know something? Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! yeah, that guy. He was in the lead over John Kerry back in 2004. But that awkward yeah destroyed his chances and ruined his national political career. He had to go on uh, a media tour apologizing and plead his case that he wasn't psychotic. And that's how the media portrayed him. They treated him like he was mentally ill because of a very awkward yeah. So ask yourself, has Trump or Biden said or done anything worse than giving out a high-pitched squeal. And why hasn't it sunk their political careers as it would have only 16 years prior? Why hasn't it changed the vast majority of minds, particularly when it comes to Trump? This election, we're going to find out, we're going to see how broken the monopoly that is mainstream media is. Looking at this objectively, with all the negative press against Trump, and I don't care if you think it's all true or all made up, I'm just stating the truth that there is more than enough negative press to sink Trump's chances. At least that's what you would think, and it, it definitely would have been true in 2004. If Trump wins again, it's absolute proof that the monopoly of mainstream media is broken. The internet is winning over cable news. The podcasts have killed the radio stars, for better or worse. And that's all I got for you. We'll probably do another quick episode once the dust clears on this election. Then we'll go back to long-form episodes. So this has been your final 2020 presidential race update of 2020. And that was Solving Problems and Starting New Ones. Get up, folks.